0: When I was an Army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where we try to answer some of the questions of the day. And today, we have a really amazing speaker. Alex Colby is with us, preaching live from the cathedral, Christ Church Cathedral in Houston, our cathedral here in the Diocese of Texas. A really must-see destination in Houston, especially if Alex is there uh, as a cathedral intern, thankful for his life and witness and his birthday today, turning 18 today. So you may not have heard a preacher this young in your life, and we remember the words of St. Paul, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to all, and Alex, Alex is an example to us all. Um, in that we cannot discount him or anyone else because of their age. But we must listen to the words of God that come through him, thankful for him and his witness um, to our church in this time. So without further um, words for me, um, we're thankful for Alex being here to preach to us today.
1: me join you today and so a little introduction my name is Alex Colby and I am the intern here at Christchurch Cathedral which is your cathedral Um, and I am honored to be here and offering a reflection today as we enter this time of prayer and meditative space. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O lord my strength and my redeemer. In the name of God, lover, life giver, and liberator, amen. With Valentine's Day around the corner, let me take a moment to wish you a happy Valentine's Day and talk about how love is exhausting and not all that it is cracked up to be. A day about love focuses on the sweet, easygoing love that we all imagine. But today's readings remind us that love can be bitter sacrificial and dark love in today's world no longer takes into account the biblical understanding that we are to set ourselves aside in order to care for our neighbor shelter the oppressed and welcome the stranger our very duty is summed up for us in today's readings when it says love is the fulfilling of the law similar to those boxes of mass produced chocolates when love loses its slow developed characteristics, it leaves us feeling empty and unsatisfied. God is love. And as we see in God's revelations, the prophets and in Christ's life, this love challenges others and creates responsibility. The time for love is now because as St. Paul reminds us, the night is approaching quickly. The times of darkness surely come to take what at times seems to be the very last remnant of light in our broken, soul-crushing world. The Psalms of Lament are perhaps the truest form of human interaction with God. It expresses our frustration and anger that comes when the world continues to throw everything it has in our direction. The Psalm read today is Psalm 88, which expresses David's anger and frustration with what seems to be the lack of love that God seems to show. The desperation shown in the psalm reveals how love becomes apparent when all we have seems to be stripped from our lives. Those around us become distant, we lose sight of who we are, and we forget that our common humanity calls us to live in harmony and charity with those around us. When all we have seems lost, that is when we realize that love becomes the most important substantial aspect of our everyday lives. It nourishes our desire to belong, to grow, and to have a role in God's creation. When our lives seem to challenge and drag us down, when we have nothing left to lose, there's a found renewed sense of what it means to love. A love of self that acknowledges that rest is holy that cares for mind body and spirit and then a love that seeks and serves christ in all people when it seems that friend and neighbor have been pulled away from us we cling to the words of saint paul who reminds us that love is found in our neighbors who are always ready to aid us in times of need you and i have two tasks in our lives, to love God and to love our neighbor. And in all honesty, we suck at both. The important thing to remember is that our mistakes are not final and that we are able to try and try again and make amends when needed. This is the beautiful thing about a gospel based in love and inclusion rather than a checklist of what we are to do. We are all part of one group, those that God has called good and sealed for God's self. Because of this, there's a greater responsibility to love our neighbor. The love that we are to show and partake in is one that is not guaranteed to be, and often is not free of challenge and conflict with those around us. But nonetheless, we are called to do our best. Love requires truth, As the gospel today reminds us, this truth is hard to deliver and hard to hear and is the basis for true love, which sometimes appears as an attack or a lack of care for those we hold close to us. We are responsible to call out the pernicious lies that seem to plague every aspect of life and that seem to intensify every day that we wake up. The world is the stomachache that follows the bitterly sweet Valentine's Day candy. Love is a belief and seeking of the truth and the ability to cast out destructive lies. Love is the life of the soul. And God is our mother, healing and showing the most honest love, even if we do not always recognize it as such. Our lives toss thing after thing at us. And we are expected to kick ourselves up and continue on. But beloved, let me remind you that it is okay to need a moment to regather. It is okay to not be okay. Regardless of what happens, you are loved. What is not okay is allowing destructive, toxic lies to infect our neighbors and allow that to cast out the very love that we are to share. In our lives, we seek comfort and care. And this only comes about by being honest with ourselves and others. When we close our eyes to the truth, we also close ourselves off from God. Our hearts become cold because we fail to recognize that God is within everything we do. The love we are called to show creates a responsibility in our lives to cast down the mighty, to lift up the lowly, and to show God's grace to those who have not known it. The Christian life is rooted in a much greater mission than what we often remember. We join with those who have gone before us and those that will follow after us and the sharing of the sacrifice of Christ, the greatest Valentine, even though it was bitter, painful and soul crushing. One of my favorite depictions of Christ, which is seen on the tabernacle in the chapel here at the cathedral, conveys this message in a bitter yet powerful way. An icon of a mother pelican piercing her side in order to nourish her children, which is Christ nourishing us. This icon shows blood, the very liquid that keeps us alive as being the example of what love is. Now. I'm not saying you need to go pierce your side to show people you love them, because you are not a bird. But I am saying that you need to be ready to do something that is challenging in order to show that you truly love others. We've been given a manifesto of sorts that establishes the expectations and guidelines for how we are to love. The love that we are called to is one that recognizes authority, but challenges it when it becomes unjust. A love that welcomes those who have been pushed to the margins and proclaims them as god's chosen people when love radiates from us that is god being present in our very world beloved the work we have been given to do is love against all odds it is exhausting work but it is necessary It is exhausting to explain how our clobber passage does not devalue someone's worth. It is exhausting to apologize for how the church has harmed countless individuals. It is exhausting to uproot the systemic issues of society and to give out love only to receive nothing in return. While it is exhausting and makes us want to run the other way, it is Christian love. When we feel the work we have to do is too much. We remember our life as God's own. And this reminds us that we will be given rest and life when our race is done. That we have the ultimate valentine that we can share with others, which is God's love holding us close. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Alex. is not in the 1982 hymnal for some strange reason, but today is the day the church remembers Fanny Crosby, Frances Jane Van Alstein Crosby, a hymn writer. She wrote thousands of hymns. She was not born blind, but lost her sight as an infant, resulting from complications from a childhood illness. And at the age of 15, she entered the New York Institute for the Blind, where she would teach for many years. She married Alexander Van Alstein, a musician in New York who was also blind. And her hymns became so popular at the end of the 19th century that that they were literally everywhere and still are, except for in the 1982 hymnal, which is a shame and says a lot about uh, our issues around taste in the Episcopal Church when it comes to what we often perceive as more blue collar hymns and songs. Um, So Fanny Crosby, Blessed Assurance, um, she died in 1915 um, with literally hundreds, if not thousands of hymns credited to her name. Oh God, the blessed assurance of all who trust in you. We give you thanks for your servant, Fanny Crosby, and pray that we, inspired by her words and example, may rejoice to sing ever of your love, praising our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, gift of his love, lost in his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. All the day long. And apologies to Fanny Crosby for my messing up the words there in the in the verse, but it's a good song. Now we pray our colics for Friday. On page. On page fifty-six. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And let's say the creed and the Our Father as well on page 53, page 53. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. And a prayer for mission on page 58. Lord Jesus Christ, who did stretch out thine arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of thy saving embrace, So clothe us in thy spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know thee to the knowledge and love of thee, for the honor of thy name. Amen. I invite your intercessions or thanksgivings at this time. How can we pray for each other today?